you doing? Yeah. No, sorry. No, I just well, at least you got the <laughs> shirt on now. Yeah, like no, now I cooked tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And got through the whole whole cooking. I took my shirt off and everything. No dramas. Good. And then Good sat work. down, ate all my meal. Got to the very last. I had salmon tacos again. Very yeah. last salmon taco and a little bit of sriracha sauce just jumped out on top of a bit of cucumber. Landed you on my chest there, and just sat nicely there looking at me, going, "Take that." You got too and excited. Nice gray you, shirt. You thought you'd made it through. Oh, you got I too know. excited. Well, I know. I've just, seen just you. don't wear a shirt ever. Well, I got safer. my got my two second fill of you with your top off again but now you've got your ocean soul uh t-shirt yeah. on yep. um it's probably worth good, just doing oh really good t-shirts actually um yeah it's uh, my favorite so shirt now i got my products delivered just the other day which i'm stoked about yes yeah, uh got the keep cups the travel cups and i've got a t-shirt as oh, well yeah. yep. um probably worth us doing one of those in-house um ads so I love Ocean Soul. Thanks so much to them for continuing to support the podcast and helping us with our, our guests and things like that. Yep. Uh, run us through what they're doing for us. Yeah, okay. Um, so if you're passionate about reducing waste in the environment, uh, Ocean Soul is the place to go. All of their items are eco-friendly, such as a collapsible straw, the no-spill travel cups like you've got there, Dell, the men's and women's shirts, the drink bottles. Uh, they've got those canvas bags or cotton bags, um, bamboo, toothbrushes, and there are many more. So, as they say at Ocean Soul, make a big impact by making little impact. Uh, do what we did. Get on their website at ocean-soul.com.au and like their Facebook page at Ocean Soul AU. Ocean Soul, How'd that go? Ocean Soul, Ocean Soul. Ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's a real, some that's, that's some, live, some live effects. <laughs> uh, really good. I think we nice. can do that. Um, Are you somewhere different tonight, mate? I am. I'm actually, I'm in a hotel room. Um, I'm away for work. Um, yeah, what so are you this, drinking there? You got um, some... I've got my my hotel plunger coffee. Oh, um, yeah, nice. So it's that Makona satchel that you get in the bottom drawer of a hotel room. <laughs> How um, old's that, that sachet? I, I reckon it's been there since before the coronavirus. Um, you know, it's all when you open it up. It might have been like there rock. before polio. Um, but um, you know what? It's a good black coffee and... Yeah. Uh, it's just keep, great. Keep you up all night. Yeah. And, and it's important we have a good drink and we'll get to yours in a second too because yeah. um, as people will know, we've had a guest on this week. So what we're going to encourage everyone to do is have a drink or um, set up to go for your walk or whatever and listen in to the, to the interview. Um, and that's what we'll do. But what have yeah, you got? What's your now. drink? Yeah. I've got one of those. I've got a Peroni, but it's the brown bottle. So it's, I don't know, it's slightly more Italian looking, authentic oh. Italian looking than the, bon, uh, those bon ones, I feel. To, buongiorno to all of our Italian listeners. I know, yeah, they get a, they get a run every week and mention every week. Absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully they're all sitting back and they're going to enjoy a pretty good episode too because, man, you won't hear you and I talk too much, especially me. It was the first time I'd met Jeff, literally met him on the Zoom at that time, didn't I? And I was just dumbfounded. The stuff he talked about was, I forgot to ask questions. I just sat there listening the whole time and then, thinking oh actually i better say something here but his stories are unreal yeah yeah so um our guest is jeff gordon um or uh, to a lot of people the flash so jeff the flash yeah, gordon flash. um probably without going into too much because he, he does explain a fair bit of his backstory but i think we could just run through some of the lessons learned now yeah and idea. then um just let let everyone listen uh, to the rest so i think fundamentally uh, the lessons that i really took away from this was find a passion yeah um and definitely 
Yeah, and, and most of the other lessons sort of come from there. So find your passion or passions. Um, yeah. From that, you've got to set the right goals, um, which will help us lead into further um, episodes at a later date sure. around around dedication, discipline, and setting the goals. Um, don't get addicted, um, but but be disciplined. Yeah. Um, the other yeah, one, one. The other one was, and, and there's a wonderful story that's just behind. My favourite part of the of, of the interview was uh, be inspired. You can be someone's inspiration, and inspiration can come from anybody. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, the other one was go hard. So you know, when it's your turn to go, go hard, and we hear that in sport all the time. But yep. go easy on yourself. Yep. So that, that yep, goes definitely. back to that not getting addicted, but be disciplined, but, you know, just go easy on yourself. And the, the last lesson, I think really important lesson to take away was rice is a good sex replacement. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was a good story, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Hopefully some of the listeners get, get so, some uh, advice from that. Absolutely. So, uh, again, without going into too much more, I think it's just worth saying that... Um, that we, we sought Jeff out because he, he wears a number of hats. He's, he's busy at work. He's, he's got a couple of grown-up kids and he, and he runs ultra marathons and marathons. Um, yeah. All of these things he dedicates a heap of time to and are all of his passions. So we're very interested in, um, as, as guys, how he manages all of that and stays fresh yeah. and, and, and can do all that. A couple of things that didn't come through the interview that it's worth saying is that Jeff takes... Um, his job takes him overseas quite a lot and he does some awesome things he does shot shows in las vegas um, with winchester australia um hunting trips over in the european wilderness but he always ensures he still finds time to do the things that keep him balanced and fresh so he gets off the plane and goes for a run um after everyone's gone out in Vegas, he'll go for a run in the morning. So some of that comes through in the interview, but it, it's stuff that we've talked about um, off offline with him as well. Yep. I think the rest will be said um, for the rest of the podcast. So I'm going to sit back and drink the uh, the Makona Plunger Special. Yep, I've got the Peroni ready to go. This is going to be good. Yeah, and um, hope everyone gets everything out of it. And um, again, keep the feedback coming through all the different channels and we'd love to hear more from everybody. Enjoy, guys. Hi, I hope you have been enjoying the Dad Game podcast. My dad, Dallas, and his mate, Jono, are putting together a masterpiece each week. And I think it is amazing. Please subscribe on Spotify and give them a follow on Instagram at dadgamepod. You can also email them whatever email is, kids, to comment, provide feedback, or add content at dadgamepodcast at outlook.com. Now listen, people. They are about to start. First and foremost, the reason why we wanted to have a conversation with you is um, as part of the Dad Game conversation, we are very interested in people that have multiple passions, things that they enjoy doing, things that can sometimes distract them from other things. Um, you know, one passion takes over from another. Um, the description of your sort of profession, I suppose, Director of Sales and Marketing at Winchester Australia. Can you talk us through a little bit of what you do in that space and, and why it's a bit of a passion of yours? Yeah, so um, 
my whole working life has been somewhat of an oddity. So um, pre-Winchester, I was in the liquor industry for like 10 years and um, I became accustomed to dealing with dark brands and I found that it really was a passion. I love the things in life that aren't particularly mainstream and so coming out of the liquor trade to then have the opportunity to move into firearms and ammunition, which was also a childhood passion for me. So fishing and hunting has always been a part of my life. And a job came up at Winchester and at first I actually didn't believe it. And then I actually had the opportunity to interview for it, which was quite a process. But um, short story is I, I ended up there. I've been there for 12 years and I absolutely love it. I love working with people who are so intimately involved in an industry. So the people that we deal with are obviously sporting shooters or hunters. Um, We also supply law enforcement and the military. And the level of passion of the people in our industry is just inspiring. And you're dealing with something that the other person loves and it's Mm. always tied to a story around their grandfather their father the time they spent together hunting or at the range and there's these these great stories that always start with my father had a Winchester and then you hear the rest of the story and then on top of that I get to work with this amazing group of people that constantly inspire me they surprise me Um, they excite me and I can't ever imagine working with a different group of people. And it always comes back for me around purpose and values. And I often say to people, if you walk, if you walk into your place of work and you see that board on the wall that tells you what the company's vision and values are, if you look at that and you don't believe it and you don't buy into it, then get the hell out. You don't belong there. You're in the wrong place. And every day when I walk into work, I never feel like, oh my God, I'm here again. Mm. And that just keeps me coming back. It's like a tonic and every day is better than the last. And I work with people all around the world that share that with me. And it's like a, it's like a secret group and you feel part of something bigger than self. And I just love it. And I hope that I don't spend another day of the rest of my life, not working in an environment like that. And it, and it is tough in, um, you know, the, the new generation sort of mine and Jono's age and younger is that uh, there's this constant shift of new careers, new pathways, and people may not ever find that passion. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's also why it's important, I think, for people to find other passions. So we're, we're obviously with dad game, it's, it's parenting as well as it is sporting and, and as well as is lots of other things. Um, so you have, uh, you have a, a number of other passions. You're um, a parent to a couple of older kids, probably adult kids you could be described as, um, but also you're running. And if you want to just talk us through a little bit of your running um, achievements. Now I've got you down here as a three time hundred kilometer runner, runner finisher. Oh, that's, a, that's well, a, so Jono, can you try and say that? Hang on. hundred. What is it? hundred kilometer runner finisher. Yep. Three times. Yeah. Was uh, that, 42, that right? like a general marathon wasn't enough or do you, what you get to the end in the state, I thought I had a bit in the tank still. What's going on there? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Talk, talk, talk us through that passion and we will bring these all together um, at some point, but um, yeah, talk us through okay. what the hell happened there. <laughs> all right. So the real story, I've always been 
a runner. I loved running. Even from primary school, I loved running. And when I got to high school, um, all these other distractions came into my life. Um, women, uh, alcohol, and football, music, and V8 cars. And I got distracted away from running. And then I got married early. Um, I was a father by the time I was 23. Um, so my kids now are, are 22 and going on 25. And I kind of lost my running inside of that bubble. And then um, I always had this narrative that I used that oh, I'm a back sore because of football and, and I don't do that because. And then one day I woke up and um, a lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but I was 110 kilos. Jeez. So I was chronically obese. So just for, the, um, for those listeners on the um, audio medium, this guy is like a string bean. Yeah, um, he's, not, he's not 110 anymore. No, he's not. No, no yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm six foot three and I can hide weight very, very well. Yeah. But I was, I was unhealthy and the doctor said to me, Jeff, if you keep this up, you're going to die. Mm. And, and it was a really profound moment in my did life. You, and did I'm like, you have, sorry, did you have kids at that, that point in that conversation? Yes, I did. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So mm. we were living in Adelaide. We'd moved there for my work. Um, so this is about 2001, 2002. Um, so the kids were... Um, Mitchell was already at primary school. Kenzie wasn't at school yet. So, you know, let's call it four and two. Yep, yep. And so I just started walking every day. And then it was just two Ks, three Ks, four Ks. And then I'd run a K and walk a K, run a K, walk a K. I lived on the top of a hill, so it was nice Ks. And I just started to find this rhythm. Yeah, wow. And it just started to come back. And then I, I just turned into one of those guys that was busy with life and I was just doing five Ks a day. And, yep. and that was my life. And then in 2010, one of my great mates, Brett Jarvis, rings me. And he's one of those mates that rings every six months, whatever. Yep. He doesn't message. He rings. And you yeah. have a conversation. And to like connect. you were talking about last week, you connect. Yep. And he goes to me, we're going to do the Great Ocean Road Marathon. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll have a look. And he goes, uh, no, you don't understand what I'm telling you. We're going <laughs> to do the Great Ocean Road Marathon. You're signed up, baby. You're doing it. Yeah. And me being me, I am high compliance discipline. So I'm like, I'm going 100%. So I start doing this training program. I'm punching into 16 weeks. I'm about 12 weeks through talking to Brett on the phone. I'm like, how are you going with the training? I'm finding this really hard. And he goes, oh, yeah, I haven't really done a lot. And <laughs> he is just one of those guys, gifted. Uh, He's the most ridiculously good-looking man in the world. And I he just shows up on the day, triathlete, yeah. but running's not his thing. Shows up on the day, I punch out this marathon and 15 minutes later, he crosses the line. He's done no training whatsoever, but it's like this fire was lit inside me where I realized this is where I'm supposed to be. And, and was that your first marathon? That was my first yeah. marathon. Yeah. So oh, I chose wow. a 44 kilometer done marathon Yeah. Um, and yeah. one of the hardest in hills. But I tell you, it changed my life and I set goals that day that I'll complete hopefully next year for one of them, which was to do 10 in a row. And I've done, I think I've done 13 great ocean roads now um, mm. because on the virtual year, I got to do two, yeah, um, wow. the virtual one and then the real one. <laughs> um, and uh, so in all I've done, I think it's about 35 marathons. Yep. And the sure. question about, you know, the length, um, marathon running is addictive and I got sucked into living this, I've got to run to a time. I've got to beat last time. Every session has to be better than the last. 
And I was always chasing that three-hour marathon because it's like that that badge of honor. Yeah, yeah. And I tried twice to get there and failed twice. And I was so miserable. Yeah. And I mean miserable. And the 16-week program didn't matter because of nine minutes of time that I lost because mm. I made mistakes or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Yeah. And all of the joy was sucked out of my running from that. Yeah. And I took a break and then... One of my great mates, Terry, was doing an 80K over in, in, um, in Western Australia in Margaret River. And I thought, oh, maybe further is a good idea. Maybe I need to rework this. So I started to really think about what is running and, and why am I doing this? Yeah. And I actually realised that running is my playtime. Mm-hmm. It's not work. It's not a career. I'll never be an elite athlete. I've made a lifetime out of being mediocre at just about everything. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very disciplined and I'm committed. And once I commit, I do. Yeah. And nothing ever got in the way, not my work, not family. I would get up like at four in the morning to fit a run in. If I was overseas for work, I would get off a plane and go and run 30Ks. I just mm. made it happen. Yeah. And I found that the longer I went, the better I got. This war of attrition was my thing because I can stay all day. And I found that I had this, this ability to just hang in there. Yep. And so the greatest race of my life was when they changed the Great Ocean Road to 60 kilometres. And wow. I finished the best I've ever finished in any run in my life. And it was fifth overall. And I couldn't believe it. And I just realised that it's not about the time. Yep. It's about the enjoyment. And I thought, bugger this, I'm going to do the 100. Mm. So I signed up for the 100. And I did the program, which was excruciatingly difficult. And I got there on the day and I just did my breathing and I just got ready and I just relaxed. And I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps and I know it's wanky, but I went and spent (laughs) 10 hours and 14 minutes of the most joyful running experience I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. And it was, it was life-changing. And if you want to know who you are, and what you're made of, mm. then run a marathon. And if you want to go into another dimension, go for an ultra. But it's soul searching. It's just you. And you don't have any other crutch other than yourself and the training and your belief that you'll get to the end. Yeah. And when you get to the end, my Lord, it's just the most exhilarating experience. And I would do anything to get back there. And, and to my detriment, because I'm a pretty much pretty stupid, um, two years later, I went back just to check if the first time was a fluke. Yeah. And the second time was during like a polar vortex. It was the most freezing day of all time. Oh. <laughs> but I just loved it just as much. And so I went back a third time and finally learned my lesson. And I've sworn myself off it now. Yeah. Oh, you're done I've now. I've had enough. I think yeah. I've had enough. And we've, we've spent a little bit of time um, in the first few episodes of Dad Game talking about some of those what what could could potentially be described as selfish activities, but that helps you be the present, the the type of person, the the dad, the the those things that you need to be. You spoke about the the ten hours of bliss, and you know you've got yeah. kids, you've got um you, you've you've been married, you you know you've got a a great career. Yeah, but I, I think we need to shed the the fear of selfishness or the fear of self-fulfillment we need to shed that guilt and sometimes yep. say that that was just about 10 of the best hours ever um do you, do you ever feel obviously you have to put a lot into the running um you have to put a lot into your career as well 
Um, how would you describe, uh, does it help you be the sort of person you are? Does it, does it hinder sometimes? How, how does that sort of play out as a dad? Um, as a dad, it's an investment. Mm. So to me, I can't be who I am for the people that need me to be who I am unless I am truly myself. Yep. And running is where I found myself and it's where all of the things that challenge me to be a better man live. And I get the pleasure of diving into that five or six days a week. Um, And to be honest, when you were talking, uh, uh, when you were asking the question, it threw me back to a book I read, um, which was the 10 secrets of long living people by Dr. John Tickhow. And in that book, he says, there's four things that you can have as much of as you want in life. Um, And it's, uh, I'm just going to try and remember these in order here. It's laughter, sex, vegetables, and fish. And then if you want to, you can substitute the sex for rice. So (laughs) for all those dads, which are on a bit of a drought, I know how it works, um, have the rice. But in that book... Rice rice is far more accessible. (laughs) (laughs) Don't send me down that rabbit hole. And in that book, he talks about two things that stuck with me forever. And I, and I talk to people about this when they ask about running. And it's all about the beginning. And the biggest gift you can give to yourself is 30 minutes of day of lightly puffing. And everyone gets caught up in, I'm going to do keto and paleo and diet. And I'm going to do park run. And I'm going to do this and that. Because their goal is to lose weight. Their goal is not to change their life or to find a sport or a desire that they're passionate about. Their goal is wrong. But if you get the goal right, which is I want to be a better version of myself, I want to learn to move, and then I'm going to find a sport that I'm passionate about, we were born to move forward. So walking and running are as natural as you can get. And they don't hurt your knees. You don't break ligaments because we're made to go in a straight line, right? So 30 minutes a day of walking, lightly puffing, is achievable by every person, no matter what your fitness level is. And I guarantee if you stick with that for at least a month, it will change your life because you won't give that half an hour up for anything because it gets the endorphins going and you feel great. And the second thing was moderation. Everything in moderation, even discipline, even sport, even passion, but everything in moderation, including Mm. moderation. Don't ever get addicted to it that that has to be that way and allow yourself to be imperfect, allow yourself to miss a session, allow yourself to be too tired, but don't try and make it up. You just let it go and you just get on with it the next day. And Mm. if you can let that go and just be, take your half hour. If you look at how many half hours there are in a day, if you can't take one half hour to look after yourself, to give that gift to your family that you're going to be there after 40, after 45, after 50, when everything gets a little bit shaky, Mm. because when you're a young man, you feel that you'll never be there. But I can guarantee you as a 47-year-old man, you get there quicker than you want. Yeah. And the greatest gift you give those kids is, is your time. I don't know any kid on the planet that if you ask them what one thing would you take from your parents if they give it to you, they're not going to ask for an Xbox, a car, money. They're going to ask for your time. So make that investment now and that gift will last a lifetime and they'll never ask for anything else. I love yep. what you're saying there about, um, you know, it's okay if you miss a session. I'm terrible at that. I'm getting better. 
but see, I, I'm a bit like you, not the fact that I'm going out running, but <laughs> everything I've done, I, I've had to get up earlier to fit things in or, you know, stay up later. And yeah. I'll get annoyed if I miss like, you know, my boxing session or my chest uh-huh. session or something like that. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world. It's just, yeah. It's you, not. Yeah. And it's okay. And I, I get a bit cross. I'm like, oh, they've, you know, they've woken me up. I can't, can't get up. But yeah. yeah I love and how much that. better do you feel yeah. if you just forgive yourself? Mm. Yeah. And just do it the next day or do well, it all yeah. the time. Also, That's too, right. just just back on what you said, Jeffrey, as well about you know you wanted to break a, a three hour marathon, and and you and I have had the pleasure of, um, well, I've had the pleasure. I don't think it was for you. I was probably annoying the shit out of you, but I've <laughs> had the pleasure of driving down to the Melbourne Marathon in the same car as you, and and doing a little bit of prep, um, and and working through. So we both started at the same time. For the record, for everybody listening, I think Jeff had gotten back to Geelong and showered and changed and had a sleep before I finished the finish line <laughs> on the same day. But I think what's interesting um, and everyone has the different goals and different ambitions. And, and as um, John, I was saying too, we, we, we sort of punish ourselves for certain things, but on the same day, you're desperately upset that you didn't break three hours. There are people who have achieved their life's mission for completing a marathon in six hours. And yep. I think sometimes we have to appreciate the, the beauty in the fact that we're achieving things that others could only hope for and only dream mm-hmm. of and, and what story it tells our kids and the people around us when we just be happy. Sometimes we just, and, and it's great to be upset and it's great to find motivation in things we want to do better. And, and in your case, the motivation came to start trying for longer, you know, and, and things, which yeah. is great, but we need to teach ourselves and our kids at times you know, yeah, be be a little bit disappointed in your output, but don't be devastated. Don't don't um, you know? Yeah, be be point. appreciative of where you're at and what you've yep. done and what you've achieved. A marathon in itself is amazing. <laughs> Trust me, yeah. I've I've only done two, and that thirty kilometer mark for me was just it was an out of body experience. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, it just it, it it's we've got to teach ourselves sometimes. The, the dedication, the the discipline that we've got to even get to that start line. I think the start line is the success. Everything after oh, that. That's a good oh, point. I totally agree. And there's a little bit more to it for me than that now. Yep. And those failures were the greatest gifts that I yes. never realized I was getting, getting until I failed the second time. And then I'm like, hang on. I never started this to run a particular time. Yeah. I never started this because I thought I was going to be an Olympic marathoner. I did it because it felt good. Yeah. And what it taught me was fall in love with the process mm. because it's not about the marathon. It's not about the day that you run the marathon. It's yeah. the 12 or 16 weeks that you spend yeah. investing in getting to the line. Mm. And then the day should be like a, a party. It should be the, the best experience of your life. You don't spend 16 weeks working for something (laughs) to drive home like a miserable idiot because your watch told you that you failed. Yeah. Like it's, it's completely absurd and it just completely blew me up. Yeah. It was, it was the greatest gift. And I learned more from failing in running than I ever learned from having a good run. Yeah. How good's that mindset? That's awesome. Mate, you were talking earlier, Jeff, about the guy that got you into it. Was it Brett? Um, Yeah. He may be a role model of some sort, I suppose. It could be business or it can be along these lines of the, the marathon running. Um, do you have any mentors or idols in that sort of uh, Oh, capacity? yeah. Oh, I do. I've got a couple. Um, yeah. um, 
first one, uh, it, it, everyone has similar ones, right? The first yeah, couple. Right. But my first yeah. one is Tom Brady. So the greatest quarterback of all time. Amazing. And I've only adopted American football recently because I found it gets me through the AFL offseason. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> but, totally the same, actually. Yeah. But Tom Brady gives every man over the 40 on the planet the opportunity to realise that life doesn't end. Yeah. Like, yeah. it ain't over. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 He's, he's an outstanding individual. And I remember the day he won me was I was watching his video clip and he was doing this press conference and there was a little kid there. And the little kid says, oh, Tom, you know, um, you're everyone's hero, blah, blah, blah. But, but who's your hero? And Tom looked this kid square in the eye. And you could just see the tears coming up in his eyes. And he just goes, it's my dad. And starts talking mm. about his dad, about how he was always there and he took him everywhere. And he was holding the tears back. And I'm like, there's a man. Mm. You know, no fear, yeah. no ego. No, I have to pertain this image for the celebrities of the world. It's just talking to a kid and just telling him that his hero is his dad. And it just gave me tingles. And I'm like, man, Tom Brady, you are something that should be, you know, hung up on lights for the rest of your life. Like not just yeah. one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but probably one of the greatest athletes mm. of all time because of his process and his preparation. Who it's worth um, mentioning was picked up at like 199 in the draft or something too. Yeah. Which is phenomenal in itself. Yep. That's what I said. He gives us all hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I fangirl him. Um, <laughs> uh, the other one um, for me is Lee Troop. Um, Lee Troop grew up here in Geelong in Whittington. Yeah. He was a Geelong boy. Um, you know, he was a 5K runner. He broke the Australian 5K record back in like 1999, I think it was. And then he took on marathon running and he ran at three Olympics and I'd never do injustice to talk about it, but he talks about what he got wrong in his preparations and where he went off track and went too hard. And my man, he caused himself some amazing injuries. But that guy is built of solid concrete, his commitment and his will. And now his ability to turn that around and he just pours it out. He gives it to people. He, he will freely give you information and um, I used his marathon guru program for years and years and years, and he would just give and give and give to allow people to find that running experience and, and get involved in it. And I run on the troop loop down on the Bowen river, you know, three or four times a week. And every time I go past, I'm just like so proud of him as mm. a runner and as an Australian. And um, he's a training over in Colorado right now. And he just tra trained uh, an American to qualify for the Olympics, Jake Riley. So um, he's doing great things as a coach and he was just built for it. And he just inspires me to be a better human. Mm. Um, and then the third one is really personal. Um, and he's just a dad. Um, his name's Terry Thomas. And I run with him every Saturday and Sunday. We do back-to-back -back long runs. So we spend an enormous amount of time together. Yeah. And Terry and I met because our girls were in the same class at school and I found out that he liked doing fun runs and I liked doing fun runs and then we were doing them together and then we'd always do them. And we've just grown together over a number of years. And then several years ago, he got um, a cancer just on his lip and got it looked at. And the doctor said, oh, look, it's not good, but we'll take it out and it should be fine. Um, and when they cut him open, they found that the cancer had actually gone into his jawbone. Mm -hmm. So He's on the table having the operation and they're like, we're going to have to take his jaw out. 
and they needed a mandible um, to replace his jawbone, but it was in Sydney. So they had to keep him on, him on ice overnight and then do the operation the next morning. Mm. And he's such a fit, powerful guy. And even the doctor said after, I wasn't sure whether you were going to survive, but they cut his jaw basically from his molars on his bottom, like the bottom part of your jaw, and removed it. And then they took the bone out of his shin and took three pieces of bone and remade his jaw and mm. reconstructed his entire face with a, a skin graft right around the bottom of his chin. Um, so it completely changed his identity. And I watched this man be torn apart and then come out of the operation with this mindset of, I will be back. This won't be the end of me. I am going to run again. And spent the next like six, 12 weeks recovery, just watching marathons, watching where can I go, planning, what can I do better next time? How am I going to get back? And he is the strongest willed, most powerful man I've ever met in my life. And I'm just in awe of him. He just inspires me. And on my last 100K, he, he was crewing for me. And I remember distinctly, I was coming into Distillery Creek in the back of the hallways. And I was ruined. I mean, I decided to do this thing eight weeks out because of COVID just to spite the world and run 100K again. <laughs> yeah. Take that world. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to have to ter tell Terry that I'm pulling out. And I'm coming up over this rise and I can see Terry and he's standing there and it's raining, but it was hot, but it was raining. It was in December. Mm. It was horrible. And I looked at this man and, and what's what's the kilometer part? Where whereabouts are you now? I'm in seventy the, kilometers yeah. in. So you still yeah. got all. You've almost got a marathon in front of you. Yeah, and, and my body was oh, broken. Yeah, I'm hurting. Uh, Listen to yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I I I pride myself on my endurance, but I didn't mm. have anything left, and um, I couldn't run uphill anymore. Although I do a lot of hiking in the hundred, mm. but downhill was okay. But I was starting to lose my thrust on the flat, and that's when I know I'm starting to tank. And I looked at Terry's face and I thought to myself, so I'm so arrogant and I'm so scared of trying that I'm going to tell a guy that was told that he may not live and may not ever run again, that I'm going to pull out because I'm tired. And I looked at his face and I've gone, I'll go, I'll go again. And I yep. got to the next stop, which was um, um, at Mogs Creek. And I, I got to there and I was going to pull out and I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm just like, Fuck, I, I, I can't tell him. I can't tell this man that I'm going to stop. And I just kept going and he kept showing up and I just kept going. And then he got to Urquhart's Bluff and I was on my own and he was there. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I can make it. And he's just gone, Flash, you can do it. Um, you, you just got to keep going. And so, oh, it kills me. I ran that beach. And I ran as far as I could. And when I couldn't run anymore, I walked. And then, then I ran again and then I walked and then I ran and I walked. And I just, I just kept going. And then I got onto the beach and I looked behind me and I saw this guy coming and I'm like, oh, right, you bastard. You are not going past me today. <laughs> not today. Yeah. So I ran and I walked. And this is the last K felt like it lasted 10 hours, you know? <laughs> and I came out of this little chute and then I saw the finish line and I just went for it. And by the time I got there, I didn't have anything left. I was yeah. just a crying mess. But this man, he just inspires me to keep going and he inspires me to be a better man. 
And he is the most humble, grateful, easygoing, down-to-earth human on the planet. And he's so giving. And mm. I every time I run with him, I just wish that I could be maybe a little bit more like Terry. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I hope that everyone finds a person like that because it changes you. I think what's what's super incredible about this, and I've had the pleasure of, of hearing um, that story once before, but I think what's incredible about this is We've got Tom Brady, we've got Lee True, we've got these people who everyone knows, but the most inspiring person is someone you can meet at school pickup. Yeah. Yeah. And I and and I just think that I look around my networks and, and the people I know and the people I've been fortunate enough to meet in various forums, yourself uh, included, Jeff, as, as well, that you know, we don't have to. Yes, we can learn so much from the elite, and yes, we can learn so much from from people who've been into programs that teach, you know, grit and determination. Or we can look beside ourselves at the roundabout at the school pickup and go, "What if I spend a little bit of time with this human and just yeah. learn something?" Now, it it is just you know, you know, we have all passed a hundred other Terrys and not got yeah. to know them. And, and and this is just it's just an incredible thing for me to to say that if you do reach out to people, if you do get to know and get to learn about people and give a little bit of yourself, um, then then the most inspiring people that we can meet could be the the people that live next door. That's why I love running so much because it's so pure. You don't need a ten thousand dollar bike or a swimming pool. Um, you know, th- there's nothing that frustrates me more than people that join a gym and they drive there to ride on a bike that goes nowhere. Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> you just described me. <laughs> what are you doing, man? That's wonderful. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but, you know, I, and- but I, I'm frustrated with myself, so it's all good. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> but they could just walk outside and change their life and, yeah. and they don't realise how easy it is. And yeah. one of the things, um, I'll tell you about this, it's, it's a little bit goofy, but it's a simple thing that I do. And um, I stole this from Tony Robbins and, and he has this priming thing that he does. It's quite elaborate, but I, I went and manscaped it down to something that's a little bit more manageable. So what I do is every morning when I walk out the door, I stop at the end of the driveway and you know that moment of time you have to wait for the GPS to click on? Yes. Yep. I needed yep. something to do, right? So what I do is um, you mentioned the other day, I think, Jono, about um, diaphragmatic breathing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I breathe and simple thing to do, but a deep belly breath, breathe in and then breathe out. And then I think about something that I'm grateful for. Mm. And every day it's something different. And this sounds like the most absurd thing ever, but honestly, in terms of dad hacks, I challenge every person that's listening to just try it once. And if it doesn't change your day, then write me some hate letters or whatever. But <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Deep breath. Think of something grateful that you're grateful for. And then when you're thinking about that thing that you're grateful for, think about how that made you feel. So I might stop and think about Mackenzie having her 22nd birthday. And I'm just letting the feeling wash over me of what it felt like to have a group of girls in my house laughing and enjoying life after being locked down for COVID. Mm-hmm. And I do it three times. So three breaths and three separate thoughts of being grateful. And it completely changes your mindset and your energy because when you are feeling grateful, you can't feel fear, you can't feel hate, resentment, shame. None of those things exist because Mm -hmm. they just wash away from you because you're in that beautiful state. 
and then I leave to go and play, which is to run. I love that. I, I've got a gratitude thing I do, and I'll probably talk about that on another episode, but it fully changes you around. And I, I try to do it with my kids at school. We got, um, I've made them do gratitude journals. So we get them out every day for the year, and I still get the groans at the start of the day with some of them that do it. But I say to them, I say, it will turn you around. And it's so, everyone's heard this before, but one of my most favorite sayings, um, and I've written it down in my little journal, is um, don't say I have to, say I get to, or yeah. something like that. So change, you know, I have to go to work to I get to go to work or I have to change the baby's nappy. I get to change the baby's nappy. Yeah. And it just changes. And as you said, it flips everything on its, on its head. And it really so does. Grateful. Yeah. yeah. And it's just breathing and it's just a thought. Yeah. But your thoughts aren't who you are and you can choose them. And um, a great example of that was the idea that, um, you know, your emotions are, are just washing past you like a river. And you're this being inside this body and you reach out and grab one and you choose to feel that way. You choose to bring that inside. Mm, yeah. So when you get in that grateful state, you don't bring in hate or ego or, or any of those other horrible feelings. All you feel is grateful. And then that beautiful state, which really is just love. Cause when you're feeling love, you can't feel anything else. Yeah. And it, it's not the love of, you know, a person or anything else. It's just that joy of life. And it, it's just, it's almost like a release that you just let yourself go. And there's nothing better than that feeling as a man. And, mm -hmm. and I'm going into the man zone here, but I associate that feeling and that breath and that first step of a run exactly the same as that feeling of a guy that owns a Harley and he puts the leathers on. And, you know, when you go out of the garage and you're going on a road trip and you get that, oh, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. it's that freedom and that escape. And yeah. that, that, that is really the gift. And, and it all comes from, from breath. And um, in the early days of running, one of the great things I got wrong and one of the great things to get right is a person coming into running thinks that they have to run out the door and run as fast as they can and do 5K because everyone loves 5K, you know. Yeah. And it's actually not. The first thing you should do is learn to breathe. So you can come back to the breath and my running for me is a meditation. And it goes like this, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, mm. one, two. And the minute I take my first step, my brain starts ticking one, two, three, one, two. And the one, two, three is three steps, one, two, three steps. And all that time I'm breathing in. And then the one, two is the out breath. So it's three in, two out. And it, it, it oscillates your body from side to side. So some people end up in a two, two, but you're not getting balance. Yeah, okay. But if you move that one, two, three on each footfall, you're moving from one side of your body to the other. And if you learn to breathe first, the running's, the running's a breeze, yeah. but people go out and run so fast, they can't breathe and they feel bad and they get lactic buildup and they go, Oh my God, this is horrible. I hate it. Yeah. And then I go out running and I meditate. I go into this beautiful state where I'm just on a, it's like, I can only attribute it, you know, when Star Wars, when they hit the hyperspace and the stars just come at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the feeling. That's yeah. the feeling. I wish and I could run that fast. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah. 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 So you doubt but all you the get breathing lost stuff wasn't BS? No. And, and it's funny. I had a footy coach. Now, a lot of junior footy coach and, you know, country footy coaches are not exactly um, a doctorates, you know, have doctorates in, mm -hmm. in this sort of stuff. But 
often at the start of the season, it would be you'd, you'd do a run and you'd finish with sore legs, but your your breath, you know, your lung capacity was quite good. And often that was a sign of, look, it's okay. You'll be able to train your legs a lot easier than you can train your lungs. So if you get that yeah. breathing right, if you if you fit now, now you know there's lots of different um, determinations of fit, but if you if you can breathe and you can get through the five k, but you end up with sore legs, hey, muscles will respond really quickly. Give it a week, give it two weeks, you know, and you'll be fine. Um, so yeah, that that's even a you know that's a country footy coach kind of explaining in in very loose terms that same yeah. theory. Um, it's all great. the same. Yeah. Now, look, I'm aware that we've, we've um, you know, we've taken up a lot of your time tonight. And um, as a dedicated uh, champion of sleep, you are, we, we want to let you go. Um, <laughs> I, what, what I feel and, and in conversations I've had with you before that I, I think the overall or the overarching kind of theme for you, Jeff, is real, it's dedication. It, it's finding something. It, it's that it's the habitual turning something into a habit. Um. And I think that's probably what what the the title of this episode will be. That you know, um, dedication, self motivation, whatever it might be. How, how would you sum up? You know, from from the work you do and and the passion that you have um, in your work uh, environment, uh, your parenting, and and the the challenges that that have happened through being a young dad into um, now parenting and still being. You know, you don't stop being a parent just because your kids are adults. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously the, the, the sporting endeavors and, and the passion you have around your connections with friends, uh, how does that all play out into, you can't possibly, well, I can't possibly think that you can dedicate all your time to all those things. Or how, how do you find balance? How do you find those things? Um, so I mentioned discipline earlier. Um, yeah. and discipline is probably the D word. I was saying dedication, but discipline's the word I think I was looking for. Yes. Yeah. And dedication works right alongside of it, but it's, it's a couple of things. So the first thing, and I think this is probably good advice for the young dads is from an old dad. <laughs> Stop judging yourself against others. Yep. Yeah. And it's a truly powerful experience. Cause a lot of people say, Oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't. But um, you know, I know we've talked about this before, Dallas, but we always have that neighbour who drives slowly past your house with a new boat. <laughs> um, and if you're always looking over the fence and you're always looking outside, you are never going to find fulfilment. Mm. And young dads have got to stop judging yourself. Don't judge yourself about where you are now. You have time. It doesn't matter. You fail miserably, mess things up, make mistakes but don't judge yourself. Just let it go and move on. Mm. The sun will come up tomorrow. It's a new day and you get on with it. And it's easier said than done. And I still wrestle with judging myself. But if you get on the path to realizing when you're doing it, you're way in front of other people. Um, And I think it's really important as a father and as a husband, if you don't judge yourself, then also don't judge others. Let them be where they are. Um, Couple of dad hacks if you've got young kids, never, ever be tired at the same time. Yes. Ah, Yeah. As your partner. Yeah, absolutely. Never, ever. Um, And advice from a man that lasted a 21 year marriage and a 25 year relationship is looking back and reflecting, never lose sight of who you were before you entered the relationship and don't allow your wife to lose sight of who she was before you entered the relationship Mm. and nurture that relationship. And probably my last little rant would be 
um, you know, that how do you fit it into a day? Stop making excuses, start doing things, just little things and get excited about the win. Um, and to give you a good um, indication of that, um, I'm an inbox Nazi. <laughs> so my inbox right now has two emails in it. And it's not because I have a challenge to get to zero. It's because those two emails are actually important. And what I do is I figure if you have 500 emails in your inbox, you have a lot of white noise and you feel busy and important, but yeah. it's, it's not real. It's just stuff. So I judge things on ass kickings on a scale from low to high. <laughs> and I choose to do the biggest ass kickings first. Yeah. And if I run out of time and you're on the low ass kicking end, then I can look at you and go, I'm not willing to do that to take that small and ass kicking. So I move it to my deleted items box because I've yeah. chosen and I made a conscious decision not to waste time on it because it's yeah. not important. And then if it becomes important in the future, then it will move up the ass kicking scale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Email in your back. <laughs> yeah. And then you get it done. But if it's not yeah. important, don't do it. And I heard Elon Musk say the other day, if you're sitting in a meeting and a meeting is wasting your time, get up and walk out. Yeah. Wow. Because you shouldn't be there because mm. you're doing everyone else a disservice by wasting your time being in there. And I really loved it because that again comes back to that you're doing things for other people to impress them or get their favor or whatever, but you're not doing what's important and you've yep. just wasted that time. It's a disservice to them. And it's a disservice to you. So value your time. And if you value your time, then you won't waste it. Yep. And I try not to waste a day. I've had too many family and friends come too close to having their last day on this planet. And they just inspire me to make the most of every hour of every day. And I'm not going to waste it doing superfluous crap. It goes to the deleted box and it stays there. Yep. Hey, Dell, before we, I know we're going to wrap it up soon. Yep. I just had, I think our dad game community want to know this uh, if possible. You obviously, Jeff, got, um, you obviously consume a lot of uh, information from some pretty influential people. Have you got any books or, uh, I don't know, like apps or people that you listen to that you'd like to recommend that to some of us who'd be listening along to this that have helped oh. change your life or that have helped, you know, set yep. some of these habits? Um, Tony Robbins, I listen yeah. to just about everything that he puts out. Um, not regularly, by the way. I, I kind yeah. of consume his content um, sporadically. I love to read autobiographies. Um, and I'm not so much for stories that are fictional. I really get inspired by reading stories about people that actually did things. Um, yeah. And, you know, Tristan Miller ran 52 marathons in 52 days, you know, Cool. stuff like that um yeah. you know where people just decide to go and do something completely stupid mm. and i love reading about it because mm -hmm. completely stupid sometimes can completely change your life and yeah. i hate to bring terry back in and when i'm talking about completely stupid but <laughs> we've been on a 16k run in torquay right and we're driving back to 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 geelong and he looks at me in the car and goes do you want to run 50ks tomorrow and I'm like, man, you haven't even done a marathon since your operation. But yeah, I do. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so the next morning we drove to Anglesey and we, we ran leg three and four of the Surf Coast Century, which has got like 800 metres of vertical in it. And we ran mm -hmm. 50 kilometres and it's his first marathon back, his first 50K. And we just did it because he decided that might be a good idea. Wow. And I think sometimes in life, you know, the people that say yes, live lives that are so much more rich 
than the people who are just too scared not to be perfect with their Instagram life just to yeah. just take a risk. In their comfort and zone. they're in their comfort yeah. zone, yeah. And there's risks and there's risks, but just be brave and say yes and just see what the hell happens. Because you may an element, there's an element of that that to so say yes and then like be disciplined, like then stick to the yes. So I have been um, the sort of person I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say yes. And then you panic, then you stretch, your anxiety takes over and you start to figure out ways how to back out after you've said yes. I think there's a lesson in say yes and, and mean it. Just, just say yes. And, and what, you know, if you've got that friend or that trusted person, those autobiographies you talk about, it, it, there's always a moment in someone's story where they shed all of that and they, they move to, you know, the central coast to start their football career, or they, they fly overseas to take that job. They should never, there's always that, that thing. And if they didn't do that thing, they would just be like the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's hardest in your thirties, you know, you've got family, career, um, kids, you're trying to put it all together and you're trying to be the best man you can and, you know, I have the, I have the advantage of 2020 hindsight and I can sit and reflect on, you know, many years since my thirties. But mm. um, I think, you know, guys that listen to content like yours, where they realize how real a man can actually be without mm. being less a man. And I think the real man is the man that's prepared to shed a tear, share his emotions, tell people that he's not coping, mm. reach out to a friend and ask for help um, because there's guys in the generations before us that didn't have that luxury or that insight or even the pathway maybe might be a better word where it was okay to do that. And I think life gets exciting when you first get past the idea of asking for help and let that perfectionism go and let that, you know, sense of perfection that you've got to portray to your neighbors go and just Mm. be in it and just enjoy it and enjoy the suffering because that's what long distance running is all about to see how much suffering you can take. And life's not pleasurable. Mm. We're living a a very comfortable existence right now. Everyone's warm. Everyone's fed. Everyone has um, resources and opportunity and that creates problems for a primitive brain, but Mm. just moving yourself around is the easiest thing you can do. And it's completely natural. And it helps you to find that way to let some of that anxiety of the modern life go and and shed it because judgment it's it's not a good path and yep. there's no prizes for the person who suffered the most mm. love that Any good thing incredible have you got anything else Jono? Oh, i've got a million things i actually was just thinking then as jeff was talking we might have to get him back at yeah. like you know another point um right. further down the track say you know we're going to be doing this for years obviously yeah so we can have <laughs> jeff become a Bonnie, regular guest maybe we'll get you back after your hundredth hundred um oh. no, no um or <laughs> Jono, I was just thinking too, maybe we do an episode where we're running, like we'll we'll strap on the mics and we'll run with Jeff and interview him. It wouldn't go for very long because I'd be Talk about, out somewhere. We, we, we spoke a few episodes ago about the episode could just be us breathing heavily into the microphone. Yeah, that would be it. That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could be the guy in the car. I'll, I'll do the car <laughs> bit and... Or you can, you know, stand there with the water or something and commentate yeah. you guys going past because I would not get past about 3Ks at the moment. No. I'm up for that, but I can't attest to anything that I might say when I'm in the, you know, <laughs> in the zone. When I'm in the dopamine pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It could be more random than this. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, I've got a million more questions, but yeah, I just, I think some of that stuff is amazing and I hope people listening get a little bit out of that. And it's awesome. All the stuff we've been trying to say, I feel like Jeff's just said it way better. Yeah, I know. In one so, episode. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if Jeff ever starts his own podcast, we're screwed. Yeah. Um, that's it. yeah. <laughs> Mine would never end. I, I have uh, I have my mother's gift of talking. It's uh, it's oh, a curse sometimes, that. but I don't know. I I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I think I think the podcast is just such a fantastic idea, and it really is a gift because you guys. And I don't want to blow too much smoke up you, but it's it's yeah. so good to hear guys willing to just talk mm. because. I'm sure, and particularly for the younger men right now, and I'm, when I say younger men, I mean men you know, that are 18 to 30, um, the whole text generation talking is becoming a lost art. Um, mm. Reading body language, you know, facial expression, those type of things are just robbed of people unless you're really talented with your emojis. And, <laughs> you yeah. know, things are taken the wrong way and it causes angst. And, and I think the art of conversation is, is a fabulous gift. And to be able to just sit on my couch and listen to you guys just chat. Um, you know, I feel a part of what you're doing and I've, I've listened to all five episodes and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And particularly in lockdown, it added content that was really missing from my life. Um, so please don't give up, keep going and just keep being who you are, whether you have to cook with your shirt off or not. <laughs> we had, yeah, I, had to... I had visitors come over tonight and I had to time my cooking so my shirt was back on before they arrived. <laughs> So we and actually, to... when, when they arrived, they're obviously podcast listeners. They've gone, oh, you cook with your shirt on. I said, no, I just finished. Yeah. <laughs> Should have seen me five minutes ago. Yeah, we um we need to cut that little bit out, and that can be our new intro. I think. Yeah, whatever I Jeff think so. said there. Thanks for that, Jeff. That was unreal. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, Jeff, we really appreciate your time. Um, love your story. Uh, I think it 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 will help. Um, not not that everyone's a, an ultra marathon runner, but we all have that that thing we want to strive for in our lives and sometimes to say yes to have a bit of discipline um to start somewhere sometimes it's starting in the zone of fear because we're not well or we're not doing well but um uh, it's it's just a it's a great story really um something that connects to me is the the finding inspiration in just someone um, just someone that you meet and, and uh, have invested a little bit of time and energy in. So really appreciate your time, Jeff. And um, yeah, we hope other people uh, can connect to your story as well. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening.